Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Tom's back. We're going to chat. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if you caught it, but we have a, a whole dedicated show where uh, author of Dark Crisis himself, Joshua Williamson, and I chat. And he heard that you don't like my Predator on a Pirate Ship pitch. And so he and I story broke that <laughs> Predator story on air in the show. <laughs> he got so jazzed about that pitch that he completely went down the rabbit hole, conjured this entire tale. And I'm like, well, now it's not mine anymore. Now Joshua Williamson, writer of Dark Ride, is going to take my Predator on a Pirate Ship. He's going to zip it over to marvel and make it a thing and i'll be reading about it instead of living fat off of the royalties of my predator versus pirates pitch i think you have a case i think you can take it up with the comics guild oh, and and i didn't even and, know there was a josh there's we we're, we'll have to first first business we'll found a guild i see second order of business you will be yeah. the first case in front of the guild yeah and and we we, we will argue that a predator pirate originated in you uh, I mean, we have the proof. It's on the show. It's, the shame will be on your face. That's and right. That would make sense. I, he he dug that pitch. He dug the. Predator. He did. He was like he he was like I heard that Tom doesn't like it, and I was like, no, no, he did not. He did not. Where do you go? He's on a ship. He's gonna he's gonna blow up the ship. There's yeah, that's go. right. Yeah, but like, look, you of all people, it's know. not like Tommy Lee Jones in Under Siege, who just has like a knife. The Predator has a goddamn. He's got he's got cloaking. He's got up. shoulder cannon. I know, I know. But like, you know as well as I do that like an entire movie's worth of adventure can happen within the span of 90 minutes. You yeah. Know, in, that's what a movie's called. It's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But like in real time, you know, I mean like 24 made a whole show about uh, crazy crap happening. within sequence. 90 minutes on a ship. It's like two seconds on a ship. Uh, I want you to take him to, if he can't, you would, you would have to call it the dumbest predator on well, a ship. They're pretty stupid. I mean, overall, like they're they're not exactly the smartest bunch. They have untold, you know, technology from beyond the stars. They can cloak and what what, they use it to go on safari. And they couldn't defeat Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, you realize it was like peak Arnold Schwarzenegger. But really, he was very overmatched. uh, Schwarzenegger was the underdog. He was. Uh, yeah, he was like a he was like a, a 12 point favorite, the Predator in that thing. A lot of people lost a lot of money on that. I, you know, it's funny about the, the, the Predator movie and Arnold is that it took me, I think up until like about a year ago to realize that Predator, like the movie itself is like a critique on the action movie genre and that the whole movie is like a subversion of that. Like you could just do Predator without the Predator in it. Killing my dreams, killing the dreams of my childhood. (laughs) No, I mean, it's still, it's still dope. I mean, you know, that movie still have Predator too. So, <laughs> which has which has no depth and is just what you see is what you get there's 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 no there's no critique on on cinema in there but anyway uh we're not here to talk about predator uh, we're here to not talk yet. about your well, we, well i feel like we've already that's, done it that's an hour two predator talk with tom and sal yeah if it doesn't work out with this whole comics or movies thing i think we got ourselves a a series you know yeah no it's obvious yeah <laughs> this is our podcast decloaked with tom and sal i think it's uh, oh you have a title and everything yeah oh yeah no i haven't been sitting on it waiting to pitch it to you or anything but... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, decloak sounds wrong somehow with the two. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, like decloaked that just means revealed. Like it just means that you're just not means... cloaked. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so hey, since we last Tom talked, Sal take off their cloaks tonight. It ain't. <laughs> that's right, disrobing. <laughs> Dis- <laughs> uh, the last time we chatted, uh, I think Wonder Woman was underway slash on the cusp, like it was almost out. Now we're yeah. at issue five. Uh, yeah, so we're like six months later. Phenomenal series. I don't talk to you enough. 
No, it's true. I agree. Uh, although we have seen each other more recently. You know, you were at uh, the the the, uh, the little known ZapCon in Wayne, New Jersey, and we got to hang out. Yes, you I were see more or less con- a captive audience, but still. But I the more I see you a lot of cons, and I tell you the same thing every time. And I'm gonna say it again. I see your fans at cons. You have the best fans. You have a dedicated, wonderful listener base who comes up to me, and they'll come. They'll wait in my line, which is is, is this line. There's there's people there. You gotta wait a while. Yeah. And they come up to the front, and they want to. And and what they talk to me about is how much they love you. As I, I just imagine they're going from table to table, creator to creator, yeah. just to tell people how much they love. So they'll come and be like, Tom, I waited in line for 15 minutes. I just want to tell you something. Sal is the best. He's fucking <laughs> the best. And I was like, you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I think just amazed this is happening. I, did, I, I, I will agree with you that the audience is incredible. These these folks who watch the show, who, who support us, are the best audience we've got uh, or that are on the internet. Um, but that's testament to your writing. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm happy to endorse what you've got and then they hear me sell it and they're like, I want it. And then they come up to you. The fact that they go to cons at all is, uh, is, is, is wonderful. You know, just going to cons, sitting in line, meeting creators, getting them signed, showing respect, being cool. Like that, that that's always the, the dream for me. It's just, so, it's just that experience. The way I hear it is, is, is like normally Tom, I would just say that I hated your Batman run, but I liked Supergirl. But instead I'm going to tell you I'm a Sal fan. Right. Kind of a nice way to get into that. It's true. Yeah. That yeah. That's their that. Avenue. I, yeah, uh, I, yes, I, I actually did run into a number of fans uh, at Baltimore comic con. And they were like, I saw Tom King. I told him how much I like you. I'm like, I appreciate that. I'm sure yes, he does not need to hear about that. No, like, I love it. I love it. I, I can, uh, people, it's to know that people are going home. They're watching this show. They're they're learning about comics. They're learning from you, a guy I really appreciate. Uh, I know it, it, it warms my heart every time. And and, and your, your fans are cool and they're collected and they're nerdy and they know comics. It's true. And uh, and it's yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's, I I approve. Yeah, I, the thing that makes me the happiest is when we change their minds it, or or we sell them on a book that they otherwise wouldn't have bought. Uh, I cite Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which you know. Obviously, everyone's favorite eight mini eight issue miniseries, the classic uh, system of, of of comic releases. Everybody loves an eight issue miniseries. That's, yeah, um, of course, <laughs> that's how you know the com- the company really believes in you. It's like you eight issues instead of like twelve or six. But uh, I, you know, that book is obviously toppers. I hate to use that word, but it's awesome. Toppers, uh, yeah. That we'll put that on the the cover. Toppers, yeah. toppers. Wow. <laughs> pop. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. I'll put. Yeah, listen, I'll put it on the cover. But it's uh, not Predator, Sal. <laughs> it ain't Predator, but it'll it'll do. It'll do. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, you know, folk being like, I either loved your your Batman run, or I wasn't a fan of this, that, the other thing. Uh, but then I tried something, and that was awesome, and it completely changed how I look at comics. That's the thing that like really. You know, and and that's that's what I uh, what I come to expect from from Tom King works at this point. It's just something that's going to be kind of cool that also completely changes how you look at either a character or the genre. Uh, I cite Penguin. I just finished. Uh, I, I'd been sitting on it. I read the first three issues and then I sat on it for a while. But then I remembered Penguin came out this week, and so I picked up the rest of it. Read it all before the interview, and I was like, this go. This book is still good, despite the fact that it's the a one penguin. Today was, the one from today was super intense. Yeah, it was. Except well, from, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I but that, yeah, I really liked the one from today. I thought, it yeah, was, yeah, it has this kind of Frank Miller vibe. Oh, I didn't get a Frank Miller. I, I, I just, uh, it was just, it was just harsh, just good and harsh. It was, uh, it's harsh. But I love it, and uh, and and it made me feel good because you know the whole. <laughs> uh, well, it made me feel good because 
the you know it's about penguin penguins the the main character i hesitate to use the word protagonist but he is the he is the protagonist of his own series and uh you know we're seeing kind of like the first interactions between oswald cobblepot and batman and when we first meet him you know cobblepot is playing ball with batman and he's become an informant and it's it's this kind of like interesting dynamic and i'm like oh my god what does batman do to fuck up this relationship like how does batman betray oswald and then to find out like oh thank god he's he's just a piece of shit all right all right the penguin <laughs> has all isn't always has been just a scumbag good i don't feel bad <laughs> about uh you know, yeah, he's not, not a good person. In fact, he's a horrible person who yeah. cares nothing for anyone's life and only for his own power. That's right. That, That's that right. is that is who Penguin is, and he's super fun to write, and you want to root for him anyways. That's, yeah. that's what I like. I, uh, I'm yeah. It's true. It's true. You do want to root for him, despite him being the worst. I I want to root for him, but I also I'm looking forward to his downfall. Yeah, well, I mean, it starts off with him drowning in a lake so, or in, in an ocean. So yeah. we're, we're, we'll, we'll get to that by issue 12. I keep forgetting about that. Issue 12 is when we get to there? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, today's – the big question for me coming into Penguin uh, – I have people are texting me Hollywood news as we talk. Gosh, um, Hollywood. Uh, was Penguin is the head of Gotham crime – He's he's the Godfather. He's the Marlon Brando of Gotham. That that's kind of been established the last thirty years. He's you know in the first beginning he was just another criminal, but now he's he's always been that sort of Godfather figure. Yeah. And so my question coming in is why the hell does Batman let that happen? Right. Like Batman's literal goal is to crush crime. Yeah. Here's a guy who's like I am the Godfather of the crime. Everyone knows where he is. He's in the goddamn iceberg lounge. <laughs> yeah. And they like, have his address. Oh. Yeah. Well, Gotham. Well, Batman doesn't have evidence against him or something. Like when did Batman ever care about evidence? The dude freaking hangs people by wires over and, and asks and tortures them for information. That's right. Batman yeah. doesn't care he's about. He's not a due process kind of guy. No, no, he is a justice kind of guy. Yeah. So, so, so the the question question that haunted me was like how how can i kind of square this circle it's just like one of those things in the middle of our dc universe that doesn't make sense yeah uh, and so issue six and seven are attempts there's attempt to answer and just being just spoiled before i said but I, I put him in sort of a whitey bulger situation mm. where where he becomes an informant for batman and batman sets him up as a mobster in order to get more information but yeah. of course penguin as whitey bulger used the fbi penguin is using batman to take out his rivals and and to empower himself and every word he says to batman is a lie batman knows every word is a lie but can't quite catch him in that and it becomes a sort of power balance between the two of them over who is using whom in this relationship yeah. it's incredible how um each subsequent series that you've dropped for batman from uh you know one bad day to um killing time uh has been this kind of like exploration of a of a villain or of a couple of villains and how they relate, like how they really reflect Batman. And obviously like any armchair, uh, you know, freshman, you know, essay is going to be about Batman and how he's a reflection of his villains. But, uh, sure. but that seems to be like a kind of like, that seems to be your guiding star when it comes to Batman now. Cause that certainly was not the case with your run. Your run was not about like, let's see how, you know, two Face is a reflection of Batman's duality of da da da, you know, but like, now that you're only kind of focusing on Batman through these kind of like chunks, uh, there, there, this is this is an aspect of who he is, and this is what uh, this is how how they relate to each other and how they how they feed off each other. And I'm kind of like, that's cool. Like that's because we get in, we get out. You know, we just drop in, see how that goes, get that story, and then we move on. 
It's, it's just really cool. Yeah, I mean, you grow as a writer, or maybe you become um, numb to things. I mean, I've I think I've written more Batman than any anyone alive, um, or at least it's close uh, in terms of comics. Yeah, um, I, I think Chuck Dixon's right there. Uh, Fair, but. But yeah, the things I used to be interested in about Batman, I'm not that interested in anymore. Maybe because I explored them. But you know, the the stuff about, uh, and this this sounds trite, but please read that I wrote about this stuff for years and years and years. But right. like like I, you know, him, him as a father, him as a family man, um, him as uh, you know a, a love interest to Selena. Yeah. Um, him as as recovering from trauma, all that stuff that I just delved into issue after issue uh it, it's it's not something that makes me curious anymore hmm. um i'm more interested in a street level batman fighting insanity uh i'm more into sort of the stripped down the batman um of of, of frank miller's year one like that batman the, the one the one who's on a balcony just struggling to like survival getting kicked in the face like that's, that is that's kind of the batman that interests me now that's so funny because that is exactly the kind of Batman that I want to read about. Like it may be why I rejected the run. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't right. care about Batman being in love. And I, I will tell you, and not, not, not to disparage it because the, no, disparage the, away. I'm the ready. Genuine truth is like, I have gone back and reread some of these arcs and like they, I, I was not ready. I was not ready for those periods. I, I, I loved so much of it. Uh, after the fact, after I'd already gone on record talking about how much I hate it, but uh, there are, uh, I was I'm I re I was rereading and I am currently rereading all of Nightfall, Night's Quest, Night's End. Super fun, super fun. But also, uh, there are things in there where I'm like, where did this happen? You know, because like we all have our entry points, like where we dropped in to reading current monthly comics. Sure, and I remember. I heard I didn't read Batman on the regular. What I would do is I would read like the occasional Alan Grant Brayfogle or uh, Jim Aparo Batman issue. When I was same, reading. I would I would read the ones with Robin on the cover. That's Me too. If I saw him in the top left, I go, oh, Robin's in this one. I'll pick that one up. Yeah, that's it for Tim Drake Robin with the goddamn staff and all yes. that. That's, that was my jam as a kid. Dude, yeah. no, that miniseries, that 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 Robin first oh, miniseries. Oh yeah, where he fights like the King the King Cobra. Snake. King yeah. Snakes. You know. no, I, I only know it because I literally have just read it because I, <laughs> I just read a story in which Robin is like pointing his finger in Jean-Paul Valley Batman's face going like, I fought King Snake. <laughs> so I, I brought that trade with me to camp. One of those overnight camp, you know, where you go for like a week or two when you're a yes. kid and, and a shocker of shockers, a little comp. I didn't have so many friends. So I, I read that maybe 50 times. Totally. I, I, every single beat in that. Thing. Yeah. I got that thing like at some kind of a discount store, you know, the book itself, that trade is like five bucks cover yeah. price uh, made on the, the cheapest of deuce prints. Yes. Yes. I still have my copy. It's yeah. A hero reborn. I got mine. It's at the office, but it's still like, but I don't need it. Cause I know every page. Yeah. So um, you me. Yeah. That was a good costume, man. With the, with the black cape that was yellow on the inside. I was I, 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 going there, back to Neil Adams design it. that costume. I know. I know. It's funny to think about because like, it's such a modern idea. Like it's such a, it's such, for me, it was such a modern take on the costume and it was also just, just a no brainer, you know, give them, give them the tall boots, give them the black cape, but keep the color on the inside. Uh, those pouches, those like, those like weird camo ammo things that he had on, yeah. on his gloves and his shoulder pads. I'm like, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I don't know what keeps in there, but that was cool. 
Looks now we good. got a topic. You were reading Batman sporadically. Oh, but I was reading uh, Nightfall, and I was, uh, I was wondering, like, where does all this stuff come from? And when I, when I was reading it on a regular, like, there was a shift between what they were doing, which was kind of like the kind of done in ones or done in two or three parters, and then just, you know, the the, the long standing or what uh, Danny O'Neill called the mega series. Uh, a hadn't existed yet, or B was like relegated to. Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight is where we make our trades or occasional like, you know, things like Night of the Beast. Uh, sure. But for the most part, it's just like drop in, read your fun story where he fights Scarface for two issues and then drop out. And then you read Nightfall and he's suddenly beleaguered and he's tired and all this crap is happening and Bane's on the undercurrent. And Chandra Kinsolving is this psychiatrist slash actual like medical doctor who's trying to attend to him. And I'm like, who is this? Where did these people come from? And uh, like, because I feel like I've been reading Batman. Turns out it was like four or five issues before Nightfall. They like, uh, I, I want to say it was Doug Mensch. And I will ask you because you know all these things. Is it Doug Mensch, Munch, or a third option? I believe it's Mensch. That's my understanding. I my 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 limited yet still somewhat exposure to Yiddish suggests Mensch because I've. <laughs> but uh, that's not spelled the same way it's not spelled the same way i always thought it was spelled the same way but uh maybe it's just my exposure to the word but uh but i always thought it was mensch but uh, i'd heard somebody somebody in my comments like it's munch and i'm like i begged it i don't think so maybe i've never you met know, I, him, so I'll, I know. I'll i i know marv i'll text marv he'd know there we go well that's funny because the trick is, the trouble with that is that sometimes they change their names when we were growing up Demadis. Oh, yeah was the writer but now it's d mateus oh how dare they how dare i i i i met the van uh, go van gogh situation oh i wouldn't even re- I, I i outright reject van gogh forget <laughs> it absolutely not no, we, just like just like pluto's a planet and van gogh is how i pronounce it forget it well when i go to tom king you'll know <laughs> tom kong tom. Uh, but uh oh but yeah i regardless of the authenticity or when these characters were introduced, I was like, what are you doing introducing Sean? Who is, who cares about who's in love with Batman? Like <laughs> none of this is, I never, this isn't Archie. This isn't Spider-Man. I'm not interested in seeing who loves Batman, you know? And I, I have to give it to you. I feel like it is a direct result of your run and your kind of like raising up of the cat one, like the bat cat relationship that people are now at a point where they're like, um, excuse me, you know, are you belittling the Batcat relationship? Because it's the most, it, it's sealed. That is canon. Meanwhile, I'm like reading books from like 1993 where Catwoman's like teaming up with Bane because Batman was broken by it. She's like, yeah, whatever, who cares? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to take too many cre- credit because there was literally three movies based on that relationship before it came on. I guess that's so, true. So- but those, those, yeah, like, well, first of all, one of those movies the Batman Returns option, she just goes away. Just like all of them, you know? Yes, but she's the best Easily. of all the romantic options. She's, I mean, the, the the line of do we have to fight now is my favorite line from all four movies. It's such a good when, line. When they're dancing and they realize oh, who they are. That sequence where they're on the couch in Wayne Manor. Yeah. I'm like, just, just looking at these two lunatics on a couch and they don't know what to, I'm like, oh, like that was... <laughs> Yeah, we're both friends with Josh Williamson. Did he ever tell you he's seen that movie seventeen times? He told me this morning. <laughs> no, in the, he did not no, in the, no, no, not overall. In the theaters when it came out, no, seventeen times that that's, summer. That's a lot of times. That's too many times to be in a theater. You know, I 
I don't know about that. Because I've definitely <laughs> okay. been in the theater Wait. a lot. Have you seen a movie? Have you ever done that where you've gone on repeat play to a movie that's in a theater? Yeah, yeah. Okay, hit me. Have okay, you... well, I mean, uh, I saw Boz Lerman's Romeo plus Juliet probably seven or eight times in the theater, but I, I had just gotten a girlfriend and I had no place to go. So that was one. That's different. And that's very Presumably different. you weren't always watching the movie. I, significantly, but uh, I gleaned a lot. The uh, second... <laughs> but uh, the second option... That was, movie was a phenomenon, if people don't remember. It was a very bizarre thing that happened because MTV embraced a Shakespeare movie. Yeah. And it would yeah. be, you'd watch like Total Request Live and they'd be doing Shakespeare quotes. And oh. it, was, it was like all the cool kids wanted to go see a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's a bizarre phenomenon. It's, you know, and, and by the way, like just, you know, for, for an armchair director perspective, it's, uh, it's not bad. No, it's but, super good. It's a good adaption. Yeah, except for the fact that I don't think that Claire Danes has any idea what she's saying. She's a great actor, but she can't sell that she knows exactly what she's saying at any point. That uh, the, the dude who, I, there's an actor in that movie who plays Mercutio. He's also in real movies. And yes. I don't know his name and I will only always call him Mercutio. But uh, he's great, also has no idea what he's saying. Coming from an English teacher, I can tell you he has, he's just, I'm like, that's not, nothing you're saying warrants the behavior you're exhibiting right here. Uh, but it's such a visual spectacle. Like, it, it hits I, I me was so in hard. Romeo and Juliet uh, in college. I did. Wait, really? Yeah, this was my last attempt at being an actor. Uh, I, 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 I you played play? the role of Peter, and that's how I knew it was time to quit. <laughs> when you travel for Romeo and Juliet and you get Peter on the call card, you're like, this this is not my my I don't problem. even remember Peter and I've told no, no, that Peter, play. Peter's unknown. He is not he's it's not like uh, Romeo and Juliet and Peter and they really No, no. Peter has very few lines. But you could have been Tybalt or uh, even Benvolio, but No, uh, yeah, no, that's Peter. And uh uh then that that but but I remember watching the play and having seen it like 30, 50 times and yeah. And, and and I was sitting there once I was watching, and, and and you know all the actors and oh it was it was such an experience because we took the play to a women's high security prison. Oh my god. And we performed it there. Um and it, it was a whole thing. I, I remember watching this and, and 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 still being moved by the end of it. Still like being like, oh my god, I was still even though I, I knew all the actors and knew it was all fake, it still could move me. But yeah. That we are uh, way our, off topic. Arbitrary no, Batman jumping in and out. Well, seeing well, no, we were talking about where we're first. We're we're making fun of the fact that Joshua Williamson watched uh, Batman Returns seventeen times in the theater. Yeah. So what's yeah? So what's so what's bigger than bigger than? Roman oh, I saw uh, I saw Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think I saw Return of the King like ten times in the theater. Ten times. Yeah, it was. That's because that's a three and a half hour movie. Uh, so that's that's it's that's more than many times to see a like, three and a half hour movie. That uh, means you saw at least I don't know sixty seven endings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's how the math checks out. I completely agree. <laughs> there are movies that I've seen dozens of times. I think that's probably true for you as well. But it, oh yeah, you, there are movies I've seen dozens of those. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but 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 sitting in the theater watching it, yeah. I I don't think as a kid I watched any movie more than like two times. But that was because I was beholden to like my parents and you know their desires and allowance to let me go to see the movie more than a few times. But Josh also like he like bummed around like he hung out in Flynn's arcade on in Disneyland like he was uh th that's the kind of like kid he was like he was like an arcade bum where Yo, he Josh was, like... and I are both SoCal kids uh, oh yeah that's right you were uh, you're, you're not even from around here <laughs> yeah no I grew up in LA and uh but I, I grew up closer to the ocean than he did 
Mm. Uh, as you get farther from the ocean, it's harder to breathe in in, in California generally because the pollution. We, we send all the pollution over to where Josh lives. Mm. Um, but 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 in LA in SoCal, the, the general thing in you know in the nineties was we don't need babysitters. We have movie theaters. So yes. I, I totally understand that. I was in a movie theater every day of summer. I watched whatever whatever movie came out. I would watch it. It didn't matter if it was. Uh, made for some soap opera or made made for ninety year old men, I would I would be there. Yeah, but you never saw any of them seventeen times. No, I would see the next one. I that you would watch me to go again. to go see the same one again. See now, and you were, but you loved comics even as a at a young age. So you, oh yeah, probably would have seen course. like Batman Forever and Returns and. Saw Batman Forever. Saw Batman. Yeah, my mother was a Warner Brothers executive. Exactly. So you probably saw it for free on the lot. Yeah, so she was. I remember her going. I remember they did like reshoots for the first Batman movie, and this is a public story now. And okay. they, were, they were paying Jack Nicholson something like a million dollars a day to do the reshoots. It was like something in his contract. Like if they went over a certain amount, he made. And I remember my, my that was already hit the rumor mill. And my mother just coming home and be like, I can't believe there's someone on the lot who's just walking around making a million. dollars. That was before the movie came out. Oh, sure, like, yeah. Movies. Um, God, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. No, I remember Batman. I remember very excited about all those movies, watching them all in the theaters. Yep. Uh, and then, not, and not being as disappointed now as I am with them. It's like trying to find what was awesome inside them. Even oh, definitely. Oh no, I I made all kinds of excuses for every superhero movie I saw. Bad. Incidentally, speaking of superhero movies that are lost, one of my friends finally saw The Mask for the first time. And I was like, how did you miss the mask when it came out? It was a phenomenon. I was like, well, so, you, so when everyone was saying smoking, you were just l- politely nodding along. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a dark horse joint. I know. It's like, come on, man. That's a that I, I remember growing up during a period where I was like, oh, so everything's an adaptation. Like every, every everything <laughs> will get made. You know, like I was expecting a concrete movie. I was expecting like the flaming carrot to get a lead, like a, a TV series. It's not too late. Not too late. Oh, no, that's true. Milk and cheese is their time is coming. <laughs> you know, but uh, but but the fact that we got like a big guy in Rusty, a The Tick, we got f- three different adaptations of The Tick in our lifetime. Uh, chair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like. um I don't know where we're going with that. I guess Batman and like uh, <laughs> you were telling an early Batman and you do go up. Here's my love interest for Batman. Just like, Oh, boo. Like, it doesn't matter. Like he's not that kind of guy. That's not, that's not, but, but uh, during the run, that was an, that was an element that really uh, intrigued you. And so you explored it and now yeah. you're kind of like, well, I did that. Now I'm in the, now I'm in the, let's just see him as an urban explorer. That's the thing that I like love so much about Batman is like these, these kind of like almost uh you know, lost art of like, you know, those prestige books that just came out, like that they just churned out all the time where it was like, oh, yeah. here's a little story. Here's a little thing that's like Batman getting abducted by aliens or, you know, Batman dealing with uh, Catwoman's sister or, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. No, but I, I, when I was writing, I was very much doing sort of superhero Batman, a lot of that kind of stuff, which they're still yeah. doing the book now, um, which, which Chip is doing wonderfully. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and James, too, but 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 as I get older, I get more. I, I like that street level. I like that dirty Batman. I like yeah. In the, in the um, yeah, just 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 like blood flowing and no none of the gadgets and stuff. Just yeah, uh, uh like like a, a dirty man in a dirty city trying to clean it up, almost like an old west. Yeah, that, that, I, I that, do. That's what it feels to me now. 
I love a low mat like match. Yeah, Mitch and Mitch. Mitch is gonna. It, it just knocks it out of the park every time, and uh, only gets better. With oh uh, yeah, with, with crazy that. good. Yeah, we just finished just today. We wrapped up our Joker story, which is hard to read because it's in very bizarre volumes of Brave and the Bold. Oh, yes, yes, that's yeah, that's right. Congratulations on the uh, on that conclusion. That's great. Yeah, the, the Brave and the Bold is a fun idea and a really it, those are that's a cool story and I loved it. Yeah. It is. It's, it, it's in volume one, two, six, and nine. It's hard to keep track of exactly when where it comes. So, so I when it, when the trade comes out, I'll come back and I'm going to promote it because I think people kind of missed it and, and big um, time. And it is it is as good as uh, one bad day that we won, that we won the Eisner for. It is. It's. I mean, the art. I'm not talking about my writing, but no, of course. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, it's it, it, it was it was built as a companion book to that, so we could have one trade to show you, like, because uh, that's. You know, a, a, a diehard Riddler story and a diehard Joker story by me and Mitch, and it's yeah, it's, and it's all that stuff. It's street level. It's scary. It's just the Joker with a knife. It's not, it's not like big plans. He's just trying to kill people. Yeah, um, yeah. If and, you can be sold just by the first the first issue or the first story, I can't. I hesitate to call it an issue because it's like like a quarter. It's like a third of an issue or half well, it's twenty four pages, so it's an issue if it was outside of a issue. There we go. Yeah, that first uh, that first part. I remember being like just. Joker and the and the little girl. I was like, oh, this is scary, like genuinely unnerving. Um, do you have another villain that you haven't really explored that you're kind of like, I would love to tell that story. I don't know if I have a story in my heart, but I wish I did for that for that villain. I mean, I don't think there's a villain I wouldn't want to do. That. I mean, I always say that, like, I don't really care. You could give me anyone, and I'll That's find true. something. I mean, if it's Kite Man, it's Kite Man. If it's Joker, it's Joker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, there's, there's, I mean, I guess I would, you know, someone I haven't touched is Two Face, but that's just because it's weird that I haven't touched him. Because yeah. as a kid, I really thought he was cool. Because as a kid, I remember being so stressed about life and just thinking, if you could just flip a coin for every single decision, how much better that would make my life. And I, don't know <laughs> and I, remember, I was like, oh, that's what Two Face does. That's how crazy he is. He flips a coin for every single decision. Yeah. And I think like where that takes you. Uh, so, so I like, but, but but that's the part I like of Two Face. I don't like the part where he's like Batman's best friend and trying like this. I feel like that stuff's been mined to over death. and over again. There's, yeah, there's certain characters. There's only like two stories with them, and they, you see that over and over again. Scarecrow yeah. is the same. Scare, Scarecrow is like Scarecrow shows up. He sprays Batman with with Scarecrow stuff. Batman goes on a super drug drug trip. Yep. Um, he sees that, his parents murdered, or he, he sees, sees Jason Todd murdered. Yeah, either Jason way, Todd, and then he, but but he fights through it, and he emerges, and he turns the gas on on Scarecrow. Yep. That's every Scarecrow story that's ever been written. Um, yeah, and most Two Face stories are Two Face gets his face repaired, and <laughs> yep. Uh, but wait, the monster is still inside him. But Batman believes in him. But yeah. oh, he's wrong. The monster comes out, and and he's evil again. <laughs> so it's essentially just yeah, just just whole ass stories from the two pages of dark knight returns yes that's exactly <laughs> just just the one line of at least both sides match for the rest of his life <laughs> uh so it's 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 that parts of, of both of those characters don't interest me but there must be other parts of oh them. yeah well two fa- I mean, just just exploring the idea the horrors of a person who can who who it would be nice to leave your life up to chance because then you're not culpable for it but yeah. imagine someone who's so crazy that they do. Yes, and, that's right. You know, and they're homicidal. Like that. That there's there's something there. Yeah. Um, but fair. 
I wanted to ask you this. This is just a, a curious itch because you are a comic book fan and because you have uh, such lore steeped inside of you. But uh, do you right. have a, f- besides Heroes in Crisis, obviously, uh, yes. what, do you have a favorite event? And doesn't have to be relegated to Batman. It could be anything, but, uh, but a favorite, like an event that you're like, you know, either this was what they, they, they did it right. Or something where you're like, this is, this is not high art, but <laughs> this is not, but Secret I, but Wars I too. thank I you. I was going to say secret wars too. You know, that's funny. That's also Chip Zdarsky's favorite event. And I'm like, <laughs> and, yes, of course, because you can only like it ironically. That's it's so <laughs> secret wars too. For those who haven't read it and you should people, no, uh, you don't have no. You need to read short. it. It's insane. <laughs> it is legitimate insanity. It's Jim Shooter going for broke. He's like, I've got something to say about God. It's Jim Shooter writing about Jim Shooter. It's not him going for broke. Jim Shooter thought of himself as the Beyonder, and he's like, <laughs> this is no, not it, like this is not like a theory. Like this is like is that really like, true? Because I I I mean like there are moments in there where I could definitely get that, but you know it's like you don't appreciate me. <laughs> Jim, Jim Shooter is a. A comic book god. He, he belongs in the Hall of Fame forever. Yes. His life story, if I had to write like a history of comics and base it on one person's life story, it would be Jim Shooter. I, I think, would read the shit out I of think he would. I think he would be a great like biopic. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he was writing comics when he was 13 years old. Yep. Um, and they and his editor broke him and he washed out and became a restaurant. And then he rose to become the head of Marvel. And then his entire staff rebelled and, and got him fired. Yep. And then he, so he founded Valiant, which is a huge success. And then he lost. It's like what a this it's like a Shakespearean story. I know. And then he did it again with Defiant, and then they t- yes. and then they destroyed him. And <laughs> and and on top of all that, he's seven feet fucking tall in an industry of a bunch of nerds. It's, it's true. A, he is a tower. Yeah. Uh, um, and I met him. He was very nice and he was very cool uh, to, to talk to. Uh, uh, but if you if you read that book, not um, all the, there's a there's an oral history of Marvel to comics. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they go into depth about how yeah like like he he'd always write stories and inevitably his stories like the Korvac saga or the Beyonder story <laughs> would involve some sort of godlike figure who ever who was very put upon and. <laughs> And and if only they just give him a chance. And if only they gave him a chance, he could set things right. And yeah. um, and this became uh, I think uh, so. So it's it's widely read. I mean, among people that he he, he was he was writing about himself. Yeah, um, that's funny. But uh, uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, no, but I read the shit out of Secret Wars too. But I didn't backbins. I'm not that old. No, it's true. Yeah, I I didn't uh, read it off the shelf either. I would not have been. It's like capable. Sal Buscema art. I had some in my head. Uh, uh, I think Bob Layton did a lot of it. Bob Layton. And, uh, and with the Jerry Curl. Uh, yeah. It's, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's such a. It, that's a fever dream of a book. Something. Um, yeah. Uh, oh no, but uh, uh, events that I absolutely love. I, mean, I keep thinking of like pieces of events I loved. Mm. I mean, like I, I love the first. Um, the civil war issue that started with the explosion. I remember that just blowing my mind. The first yeah. civil war thing. Um, I, I in secret wars one here to give uh, some, some credit to the dude. But totally. When Dr. Doom turns on the beyonder and it's like, there's no God above doom. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest moments ever. Agreed. And and then the very end when, when captain America uses the beyonder power to reassemble the shield, I think is just absolutely amazing. I agree. Um, I mean, Infinity Gauntlet stands out as just 
utter. I, I'm just saying things that came out when I was 12 that I love. <laughs> I mean, that's. I, that's I, did, I did Civil War. That was that. That'll calcify it. No, because it's uh like, yeah, uh, thinking about events when they were coming out, you know, because they were being kind of like played with. You know, I, I, like the, the one that's most vivid for me is Maximum Carnage. And I remember just being fatigued by it, like immediately. <laughs> I was just like, because it was just after a while, I'm like, so this is just the same thing again, right? Like it's so they Venom shows up, he gets his ass kicked, they take him away. Spider-Man fails, he gets upset. And then like and then no one who can sell a book shows up, team up with them and shoot him with a hope gun. That sucks. This is horrible. Uh, and it had such a good promise and, 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 and a hell of a video game, which I played a lot. We, we can run through DC events like Millennium was, no, was no. terrible, was awful. Bloodline. Uh, no. Invasion was was for Bloodline. Well, that was like an annual event. That was an annual. Uh, Listen, it, Millennium was, no, Millennium was not an event, but, uh, well, not, a, not an annual event, but 2001 uh, Armageddon. Armageddon 2001, that's an underestimated annual event. Love it. Love it. Just I, I think I have to, I was just reading it the other day. Um, were, you, were you really? Oh no! I was rereading it. That's Dan Jurgens, buddy of mine. Yeah. Still, still, I know, still I know. making comics this day. I know he's a, he's a he's a he's a he's a giant. The uh, what were they? They famous people know they changed the ending at the last second, so it made no sense. Which is that's right because it's completely unearned. Uh, yeah, you know what's interesting about those events? Speaking of which, like those annual events, no collections. You cannot buy Armageddon two thousand one in anything but backbins. Really? You can't get Bloodlines. And I'm, I've been saying this for years. No Eclipse of the Darkness within Omnibus. Where are the... If I can get War of the Gods in Omnibus form, I should be able to get... art in Eclipse of... I remember that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that had um, Bart Sears art in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. Uh, yeah, no, that was, that was cool. Yeah, no, I liked Armageddon. I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed... The, the marvel of of the aughts when Bendis did the one event a year. I, oh yeah, I, I, it, it all seemed connected and it all seemed cool. I mean, not everything was perfect and all of that, but I just it it felt so sewn together completely. Um, and I I think you know I think House of X is amazing and just an amazing idea. Yeah. And the No More Mutants is still one of the most powerful moments in all of comics. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Bendis is churning out like key, unforgettable moments for Marvel every effing year. Yeah, it's like here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another, and it felt like it was. It felt like it was really important. Every every week, you were like picking up a new thing and being like, "Oh shit, I'm in the middle of it." But you were also like a peer at that and, point. No, I was not a peer. I was still going to cons. And uh, uh, Hickman's Secret War, I think, is super cool as a, as like a very recent event that was very. And that was just the art is amazing. You know, sure. Um, yeah, those are those. Are, I mean, and then you had the DC. I'm just I'm naming fucking events. I guess I yeah. like them all. I didn't like yeah. them all. I didn't like everything. I'll make fun of the end of, of Final Crisis. I can't understand what what happened. <laughs> after That's funny. I feel the same way. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big booster of Final Crisis, but uh, I appreciate other people who do. I'll just I'll just endure the insults of uh, oh it's too smart for you. Okay, it's like yeah. as a mood poem, I like it. Like you read it, you feel very uncomfortable as you go along, but you don't find mm-hmm. going. When that was coming out um podcasts were already out and i would listen to comic geek speak oh um and they would do in depths where they'd explain to me what i just read Mm -hmm. and i very much remember being in the parking lot of the cia being like oh that's why they were singing and be like okay i gotta go fight terrorism (laughs) weird life i live yeah Um, yeah but that that, a lot of that went over my head that's fair yeah same uh speaking of great art apropos of that um Daniel Samper's work on Wonder Woman. Oh, crazy. Good. My God. So good. Every goddamn issue. 
It makes no sense how good he is. And he's so fast. Yeah. He's doing, he's doing the first six. Do you know how hard it is to do art like that and, and hit six deadlines in a row? I know. No, I do. Yeah. It's it's hard. And he's doing nothing. There's no slip ups. There's no degradation of work. It's just and and you did you were really not fair to him in issue five, where you got like these huge full page splashes. <laughs> that, that grail reveal alone is just yeah, I don't Jesus. think I'm scared to him on any on any issue. <laughs> yeah, here's a horse. Here's a plane. Here's a full crowd scene. Here, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I he was excited. You know, issue six is coming out, and I think it's his best drawn issue. To be I'm sure, it will honest. be. Uh, especially the final page is going to be a classic, just in terms of because issue six is the all action issue. Yeah. Oh. Um. It's 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 Wonder Woman versus all of the villains. Nice. Uh, in a big fight on the Washington Mall, and uh, it's it, it's finally Daniel's like finally I get to let loose, you know, like <laughs> I, I give him a whole issue where you know she's you know he's she's doing Make a Wish and yeah that was um, great that Make a Wish issue was fantastic and that was Daniel's idea he that that was I was I was like what should we do for the next issue and he's like let's do something where she saves somebody was what he said I was like Aww. how do I do where she saves somebody so that's that that was that was Daniel's thing. That's cool. Um, so, but yeah, I think issue issue six is going to be legendary for the art. It's one of those yeah. issues where people are going to be like, "Oh my god, I cannot, I cannot believe what I just read." Yeah. Um, How do you feel about it now? The last time we talked, you were like, "Eh, Wonder Woman." You know, like you were excited to do the job. You had a great pitch, of a fantastic beginning. But uh, but for the longest time, you were like, "Yeah, the Wonder Woman character hasn't really been given like a, a very uh, great service. Like it's been, you know, the, the runs shouldn't have a lot of legendary runs." It's still and, very uh, hard. It's, yeah, she's still very hard to write. Is she? <laughs> you haven't got. You have, have you have you cracked her at least? You're like I I know who Diana is. I've got it. I've got her her. her or are you still kind of like I'm still figuring it out. No, I I mean I think I, I I theoretically know who she is. I I can hear her voice in my head. Yep. Um, I I can hear her very. She talks with an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can I I, I it's, it's clear as a bell in my head how she talks. Um, I can always, you know, if someone says something to her, I know how she's going to respond. That just comes very naturally now. So I, awesome. I, I think I have a, I have a feel for her as a character. She's still very hard to write. She's still much harder to write than Batman and Superman. Yeah. Um, to, to find uh, the balance between someone who is empathetic and wants peace um, in a book where I constantly have to provide conflict right. <laughs> is, 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 is difficult. Um, and my answer always is, is um, highlight how awesome she is. And that, that, that makes it that, that having that be my North star has been the trick to the book. I it just, just like every issue is why is wonder woman awesome. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And as long as I keep my eye, that was not always the way in my Batman book. Sometimes I'm like, why is Batman shitty? Right. Uh, and that's not what I want Wonder Woman to be about. That's I, I want people to read this book and be like, oh, Wonder Woman is fucking kick ass. Yeah. Oh, Wonder Woman is fucking kind, but not in a shitty way. Oh, well, Wonder Woman is funny, can be funny. Um, so, so as long as I keep my eye on that ball, then then, it, then it's easier to write. Yeah. Um, when I lose that, it's hard. I loved there was a moment uh, meta textually where um, the audience was reacting to the series as it was dropping. And uh, I remember in the beginning of the series, people were complaining about it. And then it eventually <clears throat> got to issue five. And I was like, ah, uh, where um, 
they were like, okay, so we got the one woman, but where's Cassie? But where's Donna? But what about Yara? And uh, issue five is, what was issue five a direct response to the criticisms of where is the Wonder Family? Or were you like, no, I always had the plan to drop them in issue five. Like that was, you just, just, people don't have enough patience. In writing a book like Wonder Woman, I am not in the business of denying you pleasure. That's not, (laughs) that, that is not my goal. My goal in writing a Wonder Woman book is to get you pumped up and to make you happy and to make you read this book and be like, fuck yeah. Sorry, that's probably a better term for that. Hell yeah, for example, as I would say. Oh yeah, that's right. You, I mean, Jesus, you're like the pioneer of hell yeah now. So so it's not, you know, it, it, I, I don't want to give you a moment where there's a wedding and we rip it out from under you. I, that's not- that's, <laughs> I can't imagine that happening in any year. Yeah, no, it'd be but, crazy. But uh, I, 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 I want to make, I, I, I want people to read this book and to feel- a, a joy about this character even though it's i mean the irony of the book is that it's narrated by the guy who's getting beat by every issue and and he's just spewing poison at you as you read it yeah um and then that that only increases and continues but but yeah i i i knew there was a passion for those characters and i wanted to get them in the book and i wanted to get them in fast and i wanted to get the villains in i i just i just wanted to establish wonder woman up front up front th- th- this book is meant for fans of Wonder Woman, it's 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 not meant for. I mean, I'm a fan of Wonder Woman, but I'm not just yeah. writing it to sort of, you know, I'm going to deconstruct her and I'm going to you know, take her apart and I'm going <laughs> to satisfy all my literary ambitions. That's not what I want this book to be. Yeah, uh, I, I I want this book just to be awesome. Uh, I I need book. to also shout out Bill and Ortega for the backups. Ah, and they're, they're the best, right? They're so great. I I never. I I guess it makes sense. You're a father. You've got like great kids the fact that you can give us these super sons, but they're at different various points in their lives. And just the expression of, uh, of, of joy and youthful exuberance. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a, a far cry from Gotham city or one. <laughs> this is just a, just look at these people smiling and joking and having a good time. <laughs> Trinity is a sweetheart. Uh, but we also see like this, this real uh, friendship and, and like a tangible under, like I, I get it between John and Damien. That is uh that you're missing out if you miss if you're not reading these backups. I never get to write funny. I love writing funny. I I, I rose to prominence writing a, a, a an Elmer Fudd Batman book. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was probably the saddest Elmer Fudd Batman book you'll ever read. But 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 yeah, I really should not be doing those backups. I have so much fucking work, <laughs> and I really should be like, yes, let someone else do them. Yeah, but I, I I have so much fun writing them, and um, and uh, Blaine Ortega who's drawing them just blows it out of the park every time. Yep, and draws it in this perfect style where you you feel like you're with those characters and you feel like they're your friends. Yeah, and it's it's my chance to do. I'm not as good as these people, but it's my chance to to like do like little Calvin and Hobbes and a little you know peanuts mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. things I grew up with that there were like these comic strip ideas. Uh, which were funny and silly and goofy and um yeah i, I mean my, the goal of that is to at the very end give you a whole trade that's just those and to have a cartoon of these three guys and they're just bouncing off each other uh, th- sometimes we want superheroes who are suffering and overcoming suffering i love that i'm growing so sorry sometimes we just want to read about three people who are having a good time and and and, and, are, and are having and are laughing and yeah and, and like and each other and like each other it's nice. and that's so 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 uh, a crazy. So I saw Blaina, um, and I'm butchering her name. I apologize to her. 
uh, <laughs> at a con and she came up to me and she was mad at me uh, because in the latest issue, I've had her draw kangaroos. Ah, yes, um, yes. And she, she, she's, she's Spanish, she's from Spain. Um, and she's like, I don't know, why am I drawing kangaroos? Do you think I know any fucking thing about kangaroos? And I was like, well, I've felt so bad. I was like, I don't, I, I, it's a wonderful like, thing. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, so it's a wonderful thing. He's like, what, is it what? And, and she, she, and I was like, what do you want to draw? And she's like, I want to draw samurais and I want to draw corgis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> and she, she's, like, she's like, that's what I want to draw. I want to draw samurais and I was on draw. I was like, okay, well. I'll figure it out. So I went home and I told her, I was like, we're going to have Wonder Woman. So in the next few stories, you will see there will be samurais and there will be corgis. That, I can't wait. And, and now you'll know why. Uh, because yeah. Len Ortega just desperately wanted to draw those. And it's your apology for making your draw at least no fewer than three kangaroos at one time. Okay, I'll tell you about the corgi one because I like that one. All right, please. Yeah. No, this is spoilers just for this podcast. I haven't mentioned this anywhere at all. It hasn't oh even been drawn yet, so maybe they'll take it back. But there's <laughs> one There's one where uh, it, it takes place after... This is you know, I do it in different timelines. So sometimes she's six, sometimes she's thirteen, sometimes she's twenty. Yeah. And this one she's twenty, um, and she have just her and the, the three of them, Gen S as I call them, were mm -hmm. just in a fight with Cersei, and Cersei turned Batman and Superman into corgis, and so there's a Bat Corgi and a Super Corgi. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> and and at the beginning, uh, a, a very upset Trinity brings them. Uh, and, and to, to a magician, he's like, well, how do I turn them back? He's like, it's going to take a while. You just kind of have to take care of them. So it's her it's her babysitting Bat Corgi and Super Corgi for eight pages. Oh, that's it, awesome. It's the most fun I've ever had writing it. I love it's it. That's awesome. Fun. I can't wait. I have to ask about Gen S because last time we talked about it, I think you hadn't hashed out what you were going to call the new Trinity. Yes. I've, I Hopefully, I've, I'm, I have no idea if it's going to work. But yes, well, we got the, it now. It's Gen S. That's the that's the one you Gen said. S. I, I went through a thousand iterations. I even made a the the kangaroo you were talking about is them arguing over it because I was yes. that was like my internal arguments over what it could be. I remember because there's a there's a segment of our show where we talked about what would be better, and you're like, I don't know. And back then, and maybe you were pulling my leg then, but you were like, I don't know. Uh, you know what? No, Trinity is so perfect. Uh, I suggested Triad, and you were like, There's already a gang called that. You can't go with Triad. <laughs> Uh, but, but I love it. I think it's, I think it works. And I like, uh, I like how we, how we arrived to that conclusion and I, and I hope it sticks. A high up officer at DC, I won't say who was the one who suggested Delta force. Um, <laughs> now, do they know there already had been, or were they just like, yeah, no, they just like Delta force is the way to go. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the movie from the nineties in my head. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so I, there, there was a little slight inside mocking in me, in me putting Delta there. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I have three children of various ages. They're 15, 13 and nine. Uh, the only thing I write that they're invested in are these backups. These backups. <laughs> Lizzie backups. They could care less about Helen of Windhorn and all that stuff. Yes. Uh, but, but these backups, every time I write one, they want to go over it. They want to know about the corgis. And so we went through a, dozen iterations of all of the things and the one that most appealed to them was gen s because they very much think of them they've never heard of like you know a, every generation to them is just a, a letter because they're just xyz they just think sure. that's what generations are yeah 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 so gen s then of course as soon as i did that and wrote in a script they announced the gen z the zen z gen z show um spinoff Oh yeah, the, that's the right. Oh, that's right. Off. The boys. So, so, so yeah. ho hopefully people don't get confused. But I, don't know, I read a lot of gen x comics when i was a kid those yeah um, that, that's serious so yeah i don't know right. gen s we'll see it works well, yeah it's, it's up to you guys if it catches on or doesn't it's yeah. I, I put it out in the world it's 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 whether or not you guys retweeted and and put on instagram whatever 
You're but right. um, I like it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Helena Windhorn, we should probably mention at the very least that this is a new series that is coming out in mid-March. But at the end of this week, January 29th, final order cutoff, tell your comic shops, I want this book. Uh, I've never read it. Nobody sent me any preview copies. Wait, nobody sent you a copy? No, nobody sent me a copy. But uh, wait, that's insane! I didn't send you a. Uh, I, oh my god! I know, oh, you'll no. you'll have a copy by the time. I, I, I got I got a show with 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 writer of Superman. I gotta buy my own Supermans. I don't, I don't see that. Uh, that's in, Actually, that's so, not true. I'm no, so uh, sorry, Sal. I'm no, the one no. in charge of sending stuff out. I cannot believe I did not send you it's, one. That's it, it, I, 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 this is not the you know. I'm not uh, doing that to drag you. I just want to say no, I don't no, know. This is just me but, failing uh, as a marketer. I hate but, marking my own stuff. That's uh. well. That's one of the worst aspects of the like current world of comics. I think is like the the kind of like laissez faire attitude of like, well, you 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 have a you have a presence. I can save a boatload of cash just letting you uh, Stanley it up. And like, as we've seen from, you know, the careers of uh, Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby, not everybody wants to be like, ladies and gentlemen, look at what someone else created. <laughs> I, I fall halfway in between. Like, I'm not shy. I don't mind talking to people, but I'm so fucking busy and like deadlines are my number one thing. But I also feel like I have an assistant now. I have someone who could do all this crap for me. That's true. But, but I'm I, I don't know, like reaching out to someone and being like, hey, do you want to read this book I wrote? feels like it should come from me and not from an assistant. Like it no, just feels kind of dickish not to do that. Yeah, so I, I end up doing most of it myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, sorry. Overlooking, that's my fault. Should have done uh, it. That, again, not a big deal, but uh, it is coming out uh, mid-March. I mean, no, I did it on purpose. It's totally, it's, yeah, it's totally oh, there you go. I, Perfect, I would never yeah. show you, never show you. Well, I look forward to buying it myself because it is from the same creative <laughs> team as Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which is, of course, a uh, incredible series that uh, uh, rumor has it is going to be a movie. Uh, I think that's okay to say uh, because they announced yeah. it. And uh, they, as, as far as uh, the current recording of this show, uh, there's casting rumors yeah, abound. There's casting rumors abound, there. and uh, and all that. I don't want to get into the too deep in the weeds, but I will say uh, I'm hyped. I'm looking forward to it. Um, As am I. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Helen Windhorn, what it, since since fifty uh, percent of us here on this show have read it, what? Uh, <laughs> and when I say read, I mean wrote. This is you're the perfect person to sell it to because you've never read it, so it's perfect. This is exactly the ideal. Exactly. But I right, I'm gonna go on a whole thing of what it's about and what it's like and how beautiful it is. And, awesome. uh, but I, I, you don't have to audience out there. You don't have to remember that Sally. You don't remember. I just want you to take away one thing is if you liked Supergirl woman of tomorrow, which is my best selling trade. If you like that and you were like, you finished, you're like, I want more. This is more. That's that, that, that's it. That's all this is. That's more. You, you don't need another thought. Yeah. I, I will pitch it to you. I'll tell you the whole thing. But if you're like, that was awesome. If you like that shit and I throw it away, this might not be for you. But if you thought that was cool, if that was your jam, if if that if if those themes and that team did it for you, because this is the writer of that, this is the uh, penciler and inker of that, it's the colorist and it's the letterer. It's literally the exact same team that brought you Supergirl. Not only that, I wrote this two years ago, right after I wrote Supergirl. Oh my so god, so you were in that same headspace. Yeah, it's not even me from today who wrote this. It's the same guy who wrote that. With this, with this, with the same um, desires, and it was written purposely for this, just because I knew that was good, and I knew it was wonderful, and I knew people would want more, and mm-hmm. so I wrote something to answer that question. If I finish Supergirl, where do I go next? Helen of Windhorn is where you go next. So that's it. I'm going to talk about the book, but that's all I want anyone to take away. I like Supergirl. I'll pick up this. That's um, a hell of a sell. I, I mean, that's that's a reason to buy it anyway. 
Yes. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So let me yeah let me so this is the the pitch <laughs> I'm pitching it as is um, Wuthering Heights meets Conan. That's a very <laughs> bizarre thing for a human being to say. Yes. Um, but the idea is what when I was working on this book, I was I I was in one headspace, which I was reading Wuthering Heights, and I was looking at all these sort of gothic literature, these books that were written that are about sort of mostly women going to very strange houses and finding strange ghosts or men or things. The most prominent example, I think, for our generation is Beauty and the Beast. That's totally. a perfect example of like a woman being left alone in a house and she sort of discovers who she is and she discovers who the head of the house is and it has a huge impact on her life. It's a whole genre. It's called gothic literature. Hmm. Um, and at that same time, I became obsessed with uh, Conan comics. <laughs> I think I saw some interview with Roy Thomas. I like, I never read Conan as a kid. I'm a, so I, I just read a ton of Roy Thomas, John Buscema, just yeah. this beautiful Conan stuff. And then I, you know, of course I wanted to go, I went back to the source material and I started reading the Howard stuff. And I was like, this is amazing. And I thought it was so cool. And, you know, I'm a huge game of Thrones guy. I was like, Oh, of course the Dothraki were just stolen from Conan. I, I yeah. had no idea. And, uh, and, and and at the time, I was, so when, you know, it was like peanut butter uh, and chocolate, I was like, I have these two great things. I'm just going to match them, them together. together. And so, yeah. so I put them together and I, and I made something that is a gothic story that has a very Conan bent. And um, and it, it, it's, it's first of all, it's a riff off of off of not just the Conan story, but the creation of Conan. For people to know, the creator of Conan, um, this, this guy, Howard, he... he um, he has defined a new genre. He changed fantasy fiction forever. He is still impacting our lives today. Uh, and uh, and he was very, he was successful enough. He was a very pulpy novelist. He wrote anything he could for money, which I always appreciate. And <laughs> when he was 30 years old, very young, um, his mother died. And he walked away from his mother's deathbed, went to his car, pulled out a gun, and shot himself in the head. Uh, and that, and and no one kind of understands why he did this or what what triggered it, but but that's the creator of Conan. That's how he sort of died. Yeah. Um, and so I started riffing on that, and um, what I came up with is like I I created a character, um, another writer, a writer who a writer of Conan like fiction. I call my Conan Othan. Um, well, I mean it's completely original creation. Don't sue me. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and. Um, and he 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 like he kills himself, um, and he leaves a daughter, a sixteen-year-old daughter, who traveled with him and has sort of gone on this weird journey of living for a poem. And the daughter, the grandfather of the daughter, comes to pick her up and be like, "You have to live with me." She's never met this grandfather before, and she goes to a grand estate, uh, and she's you know raised dirt poor, sort of scrapping in, in rural Texas, and she goes to a great state in uh, state in New England. And what she slowly figures out is that her grandfather is Conan is the basis for all the, for father's stories. Mm. And um, so what it's really about, it's about a grandfather and a granddaughter bonding over the generation between them and figuring out why he died and how he died and how that sort of unites them. And that's sort of the emotional core. Um, and it's, it takes place both in, you know, sort of new England, big mansion land. And it also takes place in sort of a Conan fantasy land at the same time. Yeah. And that's, that's all complicated. That's all weird. That's all interesting. So you can, be attracted there or not, and you can just throw it out. And remember the first thing I told you, which was if you Supergirl. like Supergirl, you're gonna like Helen Hell Windworm. Well, tell your local comic book stores January 29th, uh, final order cutoff. Tell them I want that book. I, yeah, uh, for, for people who don't know what final order cutoff means, yeah. we were talking about it before. It's like weird comic book talk. All that means is that if you're at your store, you're buying comics, just turn to your owner and say, Hey, I 
I'm interested in that Helen. That's all it means. It doesn't take. Yeah, it's it's true. It doesn't. It's not a complicated system. Uh, Marvel and DC need to like have infographic animations made and just put out on like TikTok and YouTube and like everywhere. Really right? It just says like, this is what pre-ordering is. That's Welcome to your local comic book store. Hello, I would like to read Helen of Windhorn. That's, That's it. it. You're at the door. Or you could tweet at them. You could email them. You could, yeah. you know, go on their Instagram you page. Call and them. And it doesn't comment. matter. You but... can call them. It's just you communicating to your store. Hey, that Helen of Windhorn book. Hey, I really like Supergirl. Yeah. I know they got something else coming up let's go for it right i want it when it comes out please reserve a copy for me yeah. can do that's uh it's 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 that easy and, and it seems so esoteric to so much of the comic book reading audience and i'm like i assumed wrongly that most comic fans are also directly plugged into how the industry works because naturally they would have the same uh fascination with the with, with the minutiae as i do just like everyone knows how the film industry works because it's so fascinating and fun and they make their own self-aggrandizing jerk-off movies about themselves. Everyone knows how films are made. Everyone should know or want to know how every piece of media they, they love are, are made. And then I realized, no, that's not, that's only relegated to movies. People, people love to see how movies are made. Uh, nobody gives a shit how music, uh, comic books, uh, or, or any other type of video games. Uh, they don't care how they're made. They just No, Sal, when I grow older, I'm just going to sell my scripts on the street and make thousands and thousands of dollars because people <laughs> want to see how I do panel one on oh, Batman. Yeah. I would love to read actually a sample of your scripts. I've seen so many different samples and they're all completely different because there is no standardization for comic book scripting. It's just whatever you want. It is. It's very bizarre. And then when you work in Hollywood, it is the opposite of that, exactly. which makes me very much scared that I don't know how to do it right. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I, I think that's uh, I know that uh, I've read a couple of Bendis ones because he put out that book Words for Pictures on sale now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm plugging for Bendis. He doesn't need my help. But uh, I own that book, though. But uh, but his scripts I do are great. Too. It's very good. It's great. Yeah. What do you need it for? <laughs> Let's plug for Bendis. <laughs> I like the idea of like Eisner award-winning writer Tom King uh, owns wait, 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 how wait. to write comic books. Wait, I constantly buy how to write comic book books. Why? I yes, I, I if, you, if, you should be writing those books. I, no, I I learned things from. I, I remember I I got Denny O'Neill's book, um, How to Script Comics. Oh, he has and, a book. He, he has yeah, he has like um oh yeah. God, so, I'm DC did a series like How to Script, How to Ink, How to Draw. And, yeah. Daniel, and I remember, and, and he's like, always start with a splash page. That always has to be your first page. And I was like, <laughs> I was like why, Denny? I'd be interested in this. I was like, he, and I was like, oh yeah, but I, there's always tools in that stuff. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. I, I watch videos of Ben just talking about how to make comics, or yeah, I, I do. I, I no, my research continues and continues. Do you have that? I, I constantly uh, learn. Do you have that comic book book that Alan Moore put out about how to yes. write comic books? Yes, I also what? have that. <laughs> I, well, when people come up to me and they'll be like, uh, tell me, give me advice about writing comics. And I'll be like, oh my God, I've got two seconds and we already wasted one of the seconds on you. Tell me how much you love Sal. So like <laughs> fair. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the advice. Hardly I a waste. Them. No, no, no. <laughs> spent wisely. I, yeah, sure. I, uh, I tell them it's like $7 on Amazon. I was like, buy Alan Moore. Alan Moore at the tide of his powers wrote a book on how to write comics. You should that's buy true. it. That's true. I still yeah. think about that. His his categorization of what a three dimensional character is in comics is, is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I also love uh, Peter David's book. Um, I think it's just How to Write Comics by Peter David. Yeah. Peter and, David's uh, book is very good. That's a great one. Um, 
God, who else did? Where the hell's your book? Where's where's the where's the Tom King, uh, how to how to write comics by uh, the the Tom King way? <laughs> First, how much can your characters cry? Yeah, exactly. Find a cancer more. How sad can your character be? And nine panel grids are your friend. Nice, uh, right. <laughs> I think Alan Moore probably wrote that in this. <laughs> Have you, we must've talked about this, but have you ever met Alan Miller? I've never met him. I'm sure, I'm sure he, he hates me because I did, I, he hated me because I did the button and then I did Rorschach. So yeah. he already hated me by the time I, no, no, I mean, I've, I've never, I've, I, you know, Donnie has a wonderful story of going out and, and meeting him. If you ever get Donnie on the show. We've um, had him on once, but uh, I, I did not know to ask him that question lest I would have. <laughs> Yes, please, please ask. And then a lot of the British, he, they're, they're like pubs you can go to in England, in England. where he shows up and um, uh, I, is, is my understanding. But no, I, I, I know Frank very well, so I have, I have that. So I'll, I'll cling to That's that. That's pretty cool. Never yeah. That you get to yeah, Frank and I are friends. We like text and stuff. So. Oh, wow. He's a texter? Does he, is he a good texter? No, no, he's not a good texter. Does he use emojis? <laughs> yes, all of them. <laughs> All of them. Does he tell he, stories through only emojis where he's like answers a question? It's he like draws his, his own emojis. <laughs> <laughs> he only uses his own. Oh my um, god. They're um, all huge hand emojis. Yeah. Uh I guess that's it. That's wanna... it? You're done with me? No, I, mean, I got plenty more. I just don't want to keep too much of your time. I don't want to take too much of your time. You know, like we... 16 more books I've got coming out. That's Jesus. true. You know what? Let's talk about the books you have coming out slash that are out right now. That, Animal you know... Pound. I got a boom book. Yeah, I still, again, another one. I'm like, it's, it sold out. Some... I was like, I don't have Animal Pound. Animal I got to read Animal Pound. Uh, even though I know I'm going to not want to because it's going to be sad. It's not animals. sad. So it's pretty sad. It's not. It's funny. People are like, is it a dead dog book? And I was like, no, 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 no. It's I love dogs. I have a dog who's sitting you do, yeah. three feet behind me. And I, I would hate to write or read a dead dog book. So my instinct is always like, no, it's not. But then I remember in the first eight pages, a dog dies. So it literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right. I'm, I, but it's, it's off screen. It's done very humanely. You don't, you don't have yeah. to like kind of suffer with it. Good. Um, okay. But the, there's, besides that, it's not a dead dog. <laughs> but it doesn't end happily it's not a happy book it's not well i mean i think we all know how well maybe we don't but anim, but uh but animal farm is you know it's not a it's not a delightful romp yes the, 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 the hero of animal farm is the horse and in the end he's glue so like it's <laughs> spoilers <laughs> spoilers for animal farm for animal farm you didn't read it in seventh grade. yeah <laughs> oh my uh, god so uh yeah no this i mean it, it animal pound is about the, the rise of of evil and fascism so yeah it's it, it doesn't end well no that's but it's but it's very very good i just signed off on issue two and it's, oh wow it's, it's peter gross is killing it on art yeah and it's it's just some of the the best stuff i've ever done now nice um what about uh what's the other think thing that's it. i think that's enough is that enough no there's like another one books, yeah. there's another book uh, uh I don't even remember what I'm writing. That's a little crazy. I know. Right? Well, love, love everlasting. Is oh, love everlasting. Yes, there. I have one more book. Yes, I have an image book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, love everlasting is uh, is 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 going strong. People are yes, loving it. We're going strong. Well, we're we're on the third arc now. After the third arc, there will be a break. We'll be at the halfway point. Uh, it was supposed to be thirty issues. It'll be fifteen. Um, Elsa. Uh, god bless her and god hate her um she's gonna write for herself yeah which is my least favorite thing when artists <laughs> yeah uh, so when they discover to, that they can do it yeah yeah no it's not fun so ellis is gonna take a break to do her own thing over at distillery uh, and then we're gonna 
hopefully come back to it. Um, nice. But yeah, you, if people who are waiting for a lot of answers, there's a lot of answers in the third volume. Awesome. Um, people who are not following it, I think volume two of Love Everlasting is the best thing I ever wrote, just in terms of technical writing, in terms mm. of something that was like hard to pull off and and doing a lot of things. I just think that's not, that's like the top for me. Yeah. Uh, Danger Street ended. Oh yes, that's Danger Street. Yeah. Yes, I pulled it off. You did? But you have it ready because you're going to read it all at once. That's right. I have to sit down and read Which it all Which I once. highly recommend. I think this is the right way to do it. Yeah. I'm waiting. I, I, I could wait for the trade, but I also pre-ordered the entire series, and so I just have it up as a stack. So I'll probably do both. Um, the first trade is out. There's going to be a second trade, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that DC likes to do that, where they make a hardcover, yeah. and they make another hardcover, yeah, and then they make sense. another hardcover, where it's oh. both hardcovers in one hardcover. Pass. That's most annoying in Human Target with the two Human Target hardcovers. That, that's like, come on! I mean, Which I don't appreciate... even include the the special the... issue. There's an issue missing from that. Yeah. Are, are so... you gonna? Do we have to? Do we have to, to start a hashtag campaign to get the uh, deluxe edition of Human Target? Because that's another uh, borderline perfect comic book. I you know I don't want to I don't want to seem like I'm blowing smoke, but like it's. I love Human Target. I so just... incredible. No, I. I, I when the second volume came in, I read it, um, and I got I got emotionally depressed. Like I, 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 I oh, this sounds like I'm blowing smoke on my own, but it's mostly because of Greg and what he did. It's so good. Um, but like when I went into comics when I was a little kid, when I was whatever, t- 11, 12 years old, you know, and I was I was like, what do I want to do in comics? I want to create something that's you know, uh, uh, like Squadron Supreme, something I loved when I was a kid, like that that's modern but like it's also about old comics and then as an older you know now i, I like i love noir i love uh beautiful art i, I love sexy people i it, it was i love sexy people from tom king i just no i i i i i i love romance i love yeah that's a, like that that chemistry between two people who have to be together yeah um and i just did everything i wanted to do in a book in human target in human target wow and, and greg executed it just absolutely perfectly and i was like oh well now i'm done what the fuck is, what am i going to do <laughs> yeah like, I, this is this is this is what i wanted to accomplish i accomplished it shit <laughs> oh no now what yeah now what <laughs> just take up surfing or something yeah is surfing cool do people like that There's, i hear the water's cold yeah but my kids still have to fucking eat that's the problem oh yeah, yeah damn it i guess you know well yeah i, I, I want to build waters in it and just go in the forest and draw <laughs> and, and learn how to learn the guitar and watercolor yeah that's um, what i want to do but I, i'm not i don't have the guts have you so. ever met bill waterson has anyone ever met Bill Watterson? Yes, I know people. I know people who have. I've, you know people who know. I've touched people who have met Bill Watterson. It's the closest thing I'll ever get. But uh, yes, I met somebody at a uh, a symposium. They were talking about comic booking or com- or comic stripping, and uh, you know, uh, and and they were talking about Bill Watterson. They, they they mentioned him colloquially. They said like, "Oh, I saw Bill the other day," and, uh, and I went over to him. Yeah, I know. And it was it it was the closest thing to a religious experience I'd ever had outside of you know going to church, but. Uh, you know, uh, where I was like, you, I'm like, you know, you, you've seen him. Like, did you, did, have you washed your hands since the last time you shook it? Did, can I touch Bill Waters? It was just, uh, if, folks, if you, if you were born in the eighties, uh, <laughs> Bill Waterson is, is, is a really important figure in the world of comics. But, uh, yeah, he, I was like, what is he doing? Well, you've like, got a, you've got a Hobbs back there. I do. And, and I have the best kind of Hobbs. This is obviously not mass produced because nothing of Calvin Hobbs was except for one calendar. But uh, he uh, there was a there was like a blueprint online that someone made my one of my best friends made it for me 
on a wow. bus commuting to the city every day oh, for like a amazing. few months. Well, that's right? wonderful. And he looks, the other thing is, and this is just the, the nerd in me. It's really accurate. It is really important to me. <laughs> it's wonderful. Like he's, he looks exactly like him and I'm like, Oh yeah. Someone got mad at me uh, in, the, in the comments. This is going back a couple of years where they saw it and they went, Bill Watterson wouldn't want you to have that. And I was like, first of all, don't presume to know yeah, what, what do you know yeah you're not inside his head yeah and secondly uh i didn't buy that but uh <laughs> but no I, I asked him i was like what's bill watterson doing now and he's like oh he's uh he's learning the guitar and i was like and i all i knew all we have is like the 10th anniversary special like that book yeah yeah to know just, anything I, about it i just rebought that book really because my kids read it to death and all the pages fell out oh that'll do it yeah and it's because and now my nine-year-old is old enough he can start and it's like that's the best book to start with because he gives you like a little guide of what he was thinking at the time and yeah it's really wonderful yeah 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 i uh that's that's like my go-to gift for any kid who can read yeah i give them i give them the essential or the authoritative either way i just give them a, a, a big chunky cheap calvin and Hobbes. i'm like rip it apart read read it until it falls apart because my calvin Hobbes, my essential has like duct tape from 1991 keeping the spine together like it's just yeah anyway. i read his latest thing yeah the book the book i read it yeah i haven't read it yet i haven't brought myself to do it how do you like it it'll take you like six minutes yeah yeah it's not I've got it. It's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful and it's kind of nice, but you're, you just, yeah. It it's, ain't Calvin it, it's a very strange thing to put out after 30 years. It is. It it's, is. But it's, like, that, it's a curveball. That's so him. Like he's such a curmudgeon, you know, like he's just like, Oh, I don't want to give you what you want. I want to give you what, uh, what you don't expect. And it's like, all right, fine. It is crazy. Cause he's the greatest living cartoonist, right? Like I yeah, think, easily. I don't think that's in doubt. I think and, he's overshadowed Charles Schultz. I, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll put the. Oh well, that's not. That's too far for me. I don't think so. That I, is too far for. Because so, I'll for tell you one you. thing. I've never. Seen I have a, a son named Calvin Charlie. Oh I have a son my named god. Charlie. Oh well, I apologize. So comments with overshadowed Schultz. Yeah, well, no, it's true. It's he's more popular. He's definitely more. I don't know. No, 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 no. Charles because Schultz, of the cartoons. Yes. Not because of the strips. Because of the cartoons. The strips torpedo. Uh, peanuts, but peanuts is a cultural phenomenon that will never be forgotten because of the merchandising arm. I mean, yeah, and, and the whole association with Christmas and the, the peanuts kind of has. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, no, I'm a diehard peanuts guy. That's my. I, that's I, personally, fair. I think in terms of comics, in terms of people matching pictures to words, that's the best it's ever been. Is peanuts. But really? if you talk to most people, most like if I'm in line, I talk to people. Most people put Calvin Hobbes as their number one. Right. I think he's he's, he's that that's that, that's the standard. Yeah, either that or Hagar the Horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, Hagar's, of course. I mean, that's okay. Look at that guy. He's lazy. What is he thinking? Yeah. He's a lazy Viking. Right, he's, he's, a, he's the Viking handicap. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Calendar I'd on. love to do a comic strip. That would be just a Re- joy. Well, I mean, you're, you're cl- you, 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 you know, you, you kind of touched upon it a little bit when you were talking about the, uh, you know, the, the team, the, the, the Gen, the Gen S. Uh, yeah, I, I, at one point they were looking for like what to do with the Hanna-Barbera line and I was like oh let me do a comic strip just let me do a comic strip mm-hmm. anyone Hanna-Barbera I was like, yeah I, I think that would it must that's be so- that's a grueling job like uh, you know I mean you you know is I mean I'm just saying you know it's like a you know it's it's a doing comics in general like web comics or or strips in general it's just like you know a strip a day every day never you know 
I don't know. I, I, I was telling you, you were, I, I don't know. I just, can this be a secret? I'm sure they're going to do some sort of announcement, but, but I was writing some Archie today. Yes. Um, yes. Mostly to, because my kids are Archie obsessed. They love Archie. So um, I'm not saying where this is or what it is or when it's going to come out or anything so they can do a big announcement. But uh, I would, and it is hard to write funny. It is, it is yeah. much, it's much easier to be like silent panel. Batman looks into the night and to be like, Jughead makes a joke. You're like, what the fuck? What's your Jughead joke about? He likes burgers. It's all I got. That's uh, <laughs> all I got. <laughs> so, so it's a day in, day out, come up with a gag to come up with a three panel gag. That's just blows my mind. That's yeah. No, that's, that's hard work. I, I have a lot of respect for it. Um, I like that. Did you pursue the, the Archie thing? Were you like, all right, I got to reach out to the Archie people. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yes. I went after the Archie people. Um, I, I, I begged, I bartered. I, I, I'm on an exclusive with DC. So I was going to say, is I that... had to ask DC for special permission. They um, were like, what? <laughs> I cannot, exp- I cannot express to you how much Archie is in my house. Yeah. Um, no, I saw uh, last time I saw you, you had like original Archie's like under your arm. Like you were like, I got to yes, bring home my I, kids. I created I'm... a wall of Archie's in my house. Um, Cause my, my kids are obsessed, especially my two youngest are obsessed with them. So I bought a, crap ton of archies from the 60s and 50s and made a wall entire wall of my house out of archie stories mm. um that that's very cool looking that my kids okay. it's it's, my, it's it's the hallway of my kids room so they just they get out and there's like all these and they're that's like, really cool there's like just this original all this original art yeah it's just a way for me to spend money on original art and justify it to my wife no it's for the kids it's for the kids <laughs> <laughs> so then i have to ask uh as far as who deserves the affections of the most uh, eligible bachelor in all of Riverdale, Betty or Veronica? First of all, neither of them deserve Archie. Archie is a bumbling idiot. <laughs> he, he is an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I've asked this of my, of my, you know, my daughter is very, uh, she reads a ton of Archie's, but she's, you know, uh, a very strong kind of woman. And I was, I was like, why do you, did you, are you offended like by this kind of thing? And she's like, no, because, Betty and Veronica are so much cooler than Archie, and, <laughs> and, and so 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 like neither of them. Some uh, but but if if I I think Veronica is the better match for Archie. Mm. Um, I, really? I, I I I in the you know in the original Archie in the '50s '60s Archie it was basically Veronica and Archie were the couple, and Betty was trying to kind of break in the outside. Mm. It's only become even in the last thirty years or so. But there's there's something about how. Um, uh, 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 she, she, she manip- Archie's generally a weak person, and, and, yes. and she gives him strength. I would say. Mm, in, in a, okay, a okay, that's interesting. I, I think there's something regional about that. I think that's a because uh, I, I, I assume that like folks either like not from the not from either coast choose Betty, and I think uh, coastal folks choose Veronica. Oh, fascinating. Well, I am a coastal person. I, I know. I'm I know. just, I'm conforming to my, yeah. Although yeah. I, I am, I, myself, I, I go, uh, Cheryl Blossom, but, uh, Dilton Doily <laughs> can always have her. That's fine with me. Sure. But, uh... <laughs> right, go for Josie, man. She's got a whole band. She's much cooler. Josie's cool. You know, the problem is all the, are the Archie universe, you know, like, uh, like are jo- do Josie, does Josie count? Josie you know I mean? counts. Josie's definitely in the Archie universe. And what about Sabrina? Uh, Sabrina's still there. I mean, uh, I would go like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, his pal Wil- Wil- Wilkie or something or his boy Wilkie. Oh, My yeah, kids yeah. are deep into this crap. I well, then how it. about this? Do they know about Jughead's secret girlfriend <laughs> who came about like this is I read it in a dark in, in an Archie digest back in like 
I want to say the late nineties, early nineties, but uh, Jughead is like a secret girlfriend from like where he came from. He's not like from Riverdale. Like he, he had this girlfriend. Yes, and his from, real I, name is like, he's a Forsyth the third. Yes. Yes. It's an insane name. I can't say. I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will, I, guess, I will ask them. I will quiz them tomorrow if they know about Jughead. Yeah, ask them about Jughead's secret girlfriend or his, his long lost girlfriend. Um, and I have to also ask, I guess when the DC uh, exclusivity ends, uh, will you finally write the Wolverine versus Jughead crossover that we've all been waiting for? Because 100%, uh, yes, Archie, yes. Arch, Archie Punisher teased it, but we never got it. The Jughead Wolverine crossover. I will write any Archie they will let me write because I'll do anything to impress my children. <laughs> That's fair. That's good. That's a good. Uh, it's a good. That's a good policy to have. That's how Archie ends. He gets <laughs> sliced. It's a yeah. Slice. Wolverine shows up and he's like, ah, oh, man, yeah. That's oof. Anyway, well, all congratulations right. on all your success. I'm Thank so excited you. to see more. Wonderful to be on your show. Wonderful. Oh, very kind. Thank you so much for being here, man. And of course, as always, uh, make sure to check out everything that Tom King's doing. But uh, more importantly, make sure to pre-order your copy of Helen of Windhorn. Uh, at your local comic book store or at uh, your national available comic book stores. There's people who will sell them to you and mail them to you. If you're hundreds of miles away from one, I know you folks in the Midwest (laughs) or Australia have trouble getting your books, but uh, yeah, January 29th, FOC, pick it up. Uh, Otherwise, thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next time.